When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey majors, welcome back to the show. This week we've got another witchy herb. I'm looking at Atropa belladonna also known as Deadly Nightshade, one of the most poisonous plants in the world. So, straight up, please don't work with this and do not take the plant internally. Also, one medical article said the skin can entirely dry out and shed. Now, I have no idea if this is all the skin on your body, so you ingest belladonna and then you shed your skin like some sort of reborn snake, but do you really want to find out? I certainly don't. Now this deadliness is down to the alkaloids that are present in the plant. Professionally administered and in low doses, they are used medically today, but too high of a dose and it can lead to circulatory collapse and respiratory arrest. How it interacts with each body is highly unpredictable. Gloves should always be worn when handling it and the fresh roots, the deadliest part of the plant, can actually give off an odour that causes headaches. The plant has a rich history of murder, betrayal, and witchcraft. And with a combo like that, I couldn't help but dive into its story. Buckle up, majors. Atropa, the first part of the name, derives from Atropos, one of the three fates in ancient Greek mythology known as the Moirai. Together, these three watch over the fate of every human being, as well as the gods, and they're each represented by a string. Lachesis measured the thread at birth. Clotho spun it, controlling the person's destiny. Atropos's job in all of this? 
cutting the thread and bringing death. She was responsible for ending the person's life, and infamous for being the most difficult and inflexible out of the three. In her book, When It Was Your Time, It Was Your Time. Now the name Belladonna means beautiful lady, and it comes from 16th century Renaissance Italy, where women would apply the juice of the berries to their eyes in order for their pupils to dilate, as it was believed this was attractive. These women sometimes died due to overdosing. Now so common was this practice that art historians today can quickly date portraits if the female subject's pupils are huge. However, prolonged use of using the berries as eye drops can cause glaucoma, a condition where the optic nerve is damaged and can cause blindness. It's from the berries that the plant gained its nickname, the Devil's Cherry. In fact, if you've ever had to go to an eye doctor, they probably dilated your eyes with belladonna drops, obviously created in a regulated environment, you'd hope. The hues of the flowers were also used to make a blush for wealthy women. Belladonna is also said to have connection and bear the name of the Roman goddess of war, Bellona. The plant was used by her priests in rituals to honour and invoke her. Supposedly this plant was considered by Cleopatra as a method for her death, but after giving it to an enslaved person, she watched him die in agony and considered an alternative. Belladonna comes from the Solanaceae family, which include potatoes, tomatoes, aubergines, mandrake, which I spoke about in season 1, henbane and thornapple, to name a few. Some of the most interesting plants with a huge backdrop of folklore, live within this family, and also, it's one of the families that contains a huge disproportionately high number of psychoactive plants. It's heavily linked to European witchcraft, and thought to be a candidate for Kirke's potion that turned Odysseus's crew mad and into pigs. For more info on that, check out my episode on Kirke. It's also known as Dwale, which comes from the Scandinavian word Duel, meaning to sleep, or the French Douai, meaning grief. Douale was also the name of the Middle Age herbal anaesthetic, which belladonna was a main ingredient for. An old saying about the users of belladonna is, quote, hot as a hare, blind as a bat, dry as a bone, red as a beet, and mad as a hen. As the plant not only stimulates the nervous system, but it also paralyzes it. It relaxes the muscles, including the bowels, lungs, and heart. It also induces Lilliputian hallucinations. Now this is where people and objects appear larger or smaller than they actually are. It's incredibly disorientating. And some users of Belladonna who have survived the experience reported that they even forgot that they took Belladonna in the first place. Hallucinations are quite dark in nature, having satanic themes as well as being highly erotically charged. However, technically the plant isn't labelled as a hallucinogenic, it's classed as a deliriant. It was a common ingredient in the infamous witch's ointment, a blend of poisonous plants diffused into duck or goose fat that when applied topically, causes users to trip where they would experience flying. It's also thought to have played a role in relation to the common myth of witches riding broomsticks to fly. 
It's also thought that the witches may have used the broom itself to apply this ointment vaginally to increase absorption, further solidifying the broom's involvement within witchcraft. The witch trials would condemn these practices, accusing witches of flying to Sabbaths and engaging in orgies with demons and sometimes the devil himself. And the devil is said to watch over this herb. Folklorist Will and Rick Pukart created an ointment containing belladonna. Will and his colleagues applied the ointment topically and fell into a 24-hour coma. After waking, he reported, quote, We had wild dreams. Faces danced before my eyes, which were at first terrible. Then I suddenly had the sensation of flying for miles through the air. The flight was repeatedly interrupted by great falls. Finally, in the last phase, an image of an orgiastic feast with sensual excess. Sounds like a good time to me. Now there are two alkaloids. Alkaloids tend to be natural compounds that stimulate the body and the mind. Now there are two that lurk within this plant and that are responsible for these effects reported by our folklorist mate Will. That of atropine and scopolamine. These two have a lot of importance within the medical field today. Atropine, coming from Atropos, again a reference to one of the three Greek fates, is used in surgery to actually regulate the heart whilst paralysing the patient and reducing saliva production. Scopolamine has an awful flavour and has been put into powerful drugs to deter addictions developing. Interestingly enough, belladonna is an antidote for opiate poisoning and opium is an antidote for belladonna poisoning. Bees can also transfer these alkaloids into the honey they produce, providing that they drink the nectar from belladonna's flowers. In ancient Greece, belladonna was taken to aid with sleep, and as a painkiller, brewed as teas and tinctures of alcohol or vinegar. Supposedly, visitors of the Oracle of Delphi would ingest an infusion containing belladonna. The leaves could also be soaked in vinegar and lain across the forehead to ease a headache. It was also added to the wine of the Bacchanals. The wine fueled celebrations that were dedicated to Bacchus, or Dionysus. They represented debauchery and excess and partying. Now, these Bacchanals, they would often descend into total debauchery and wildness. The Maniads, the female followers of Dionysus, would ingest Belladonna, causing them to either dive into orgies or tear people apart, according to myth. It earned the reputation of encouraging aggressive female sexuality. Now, I'm going to give some ways this plant used to be worked with. However, that doesn't mean you should run out and work with it. This plant just isn't safe in any way, shape or form. However, if you do want to safely work with this plant, I did stumble across websites that sell flower essence of belladonna. It's said to assist with cutting cords held with toxic people and to help emotional breakthroughs. I would still err on the cautious side and I would be really careful when buying. Do your research on the company and make sure they know what they're doing and they're reputable. Now, Belladonna is heavily associated with the underworld. It's been linked to Saturn and a lot of deadly herbs are linked to this planet. It's also been linked to Mars and it's played a role in necromancy calling the dead to learn the future. It's heavily linked to witches, battle, sexuality, and death. 
It's been used for hexing and is also linked to Hecate, Kirke and Medea, all powerful women and spirits that I've covered in previous episodes with varying quality of sound, so please excuse that. People also used to make tincture out of the berries and add it to wine to induce a deep trance-like state. But you can just use my trance oil to achieve that. Ding ding, shameless plug, and no one saw that coming. Now those who have accidentally overdosed when working with Belladonna and were lucky enough to live, said that there was a sense of the dead being around them. It was also burned with other martial herbs to charge weapons for magical battles on the astral plane, as well as to attract the dead and commune with spirits. For females to enhance their beauty, Romanian folklore suggests entering a field in Sunday best on a Sunday within Shrove Tide, which is a period of time before Lent. Now she would be accompanied by her mother and carrying an offering of brandy, salt and bread. Digging up the plant, she'd leave her offerings in its place. Returning home, she'd carry the root on top of her head, avoiding trouble and any fights. If anyone asked her what she was doing, she had to lie, else the spell would fail. The Major's Well Trance Oil has been designed to take users into trance, a place where you're not fully awake, but nor are you fully asleep. A place that is perfect for magic and witchcraft. Personally, I diffuse while meditating to open myself up to receive messages from beyond the veil. Others have used it to bring about vivid dreaming. It's been used and combined with yoga to deepen the practice. Or you could even just diffuse it to bring about a sense of peace and calm. In times like these, I've noticed I've been using it like this a lot more. And I know I'm biased, but the smell is amazing. It is seriously opulent and rich. A blend of many oils, three of which are sandalwood, frankincense and palo santo. And all of these are highly sacred plants that have a long history of spiritual use. All oils are ethically sourced, especially the palo santo, and it contributes to local communities. Trance is pure essential oil meaning it hasn't been watered down or diluted with a carrier oil. Available to buy now over on themajorswell.com Money Money Oil is out now. Specially formulated to bring in money. Made from bay, galbanum, pimento berry and basil to name a few. The smell is very green the colour that is associated with money. And if you've listened to my Witch Better Have My Money episode, you know that I bathe in basil leaves, as medieval sex workers did the same to draw money to them. So potent is basil's effect. Galbanum is great for breaking through blockages. What's holding you back from making money? Pimento is good for setting new goals, and bay is used to bring in success in whatever endeavour you choose. To work with money money oil, you could dress a candle to draw in money, you could meditate with it. One ritual that I quite like is if you have a physical business or maybe you work from home or maybe you just want to draw money into your home, you could actually mop the floor so it's clean and then add a few drops of money money to fresh water and then mop again, paying particular attention to the front door with this idea of drawing money in. Whilst doing this, you could chant, money, money, 
come to me in abundance three times three. May I be enriched in the best of ways, harming none on its way. This I accept, so mote it be. Bring me money three times three. I've actually dressed my money bowl with this oil. Now, money bowls are really easy to make. It's essentially a bowl that contains money, as well as things that represent money and drawing it to you. In mine, I have a magnet, I burn a green candle in it, there's a citron crystal, there's a modeling picture in there because I wanna earn money through that avenue. And my bowl is actually a green plant pot because I like the idea that it has this intended use for growing something. And I've anointed the edge of this pot with money money oil to essentially add another layer to its drawing power. If you wanna draw money to you, Money Money Oil is available now over on themajorswell.com. Ancient Belladonna Poisoners Every part of the plant is deadly, especially the roots, I mentioned that earlier. The plant also produces berries that look similar to blueberries and they taste very sweet, making it a favourite for poisoners as the sweet juice of the berries is very easy to add to wine. One berry will kill a child, 10 to 20 will kill an adult. But again, let's not take a chance and let's just leave the berries alone. Interestingly, people who have been poisoned by the berries and recovered report of losing their voice. It seems that one way or another, this plant seeks to silence those who taste it. It's possible to build resistance to its poisonous attributes, would not recommend. Spies and royal taste testers willing to kill their ruler would do it. They would build their resistance to the toxins over a prolonged period of time, then trick their intended target into drinking it, thus killing them. A version of this is done within the military today with one of the alkaloids from Belladonna, Atropine. It's given in low doses to soldiers operating in areas where there's fear of chemical attack involving the alkaloid. The Romans would dip their arrows into a poisonous paste made from the plant. If the arrow didn't kill you outright, the deadly poison would. A famous gaggle of ancient belladonna poisoners ran riot in ancient Rome. La Costa of Gaul arrived in the capital in the mid-first century CE. Her extensive knowledge of poisons quickly earned her the status of the go-to woman if you needed her to deal with your problems. La Costa tested the potency of the poisons with the diligence and methodology of nearly like a modern-day chemist. She experimented on animals and made notes of what worked and what didn't, and used the knowledge to improve her formulas and master lethal combinations, most of which involved belladonna. Twice she ended up in jail for her assassinations, but each time she managed to be released due to her influential clients who had an interest in keeping her out of jail. She supposedly secured her biggest client when Empress Julia Agrippina applied her to kill her husband so her own son, the Emperor's stepson, Nero, could take the throne. We don't fully know if Julia did kill her husband. It's another detail in history that is hotly debated. One version of his death, because yes, there are multiple versions, explained that Emperor Claudius had a bodyguard with him at all times, and two taste testers. The Empress Julia paid his tasters to stay home, and had Lacosta make a poison to give the guard diarrhea. 
With those out the way, it was easy to finish off the Emperor. Claudius loved mushrooms, so she gave him some that were poisoned, which would give him the cramps. The Emperor's feigning concern gave him a feather to make him throw up. It was laced with strychnine, a potent poison, and they sealed the deal. Julia's son Nero came to power. Julia outed Lacosta as the killer to cover her own back, and she was once again thrown into prison, and once again, she was bailed out due to her reputation. Though this time, the person who bailed her was Nero, the new emperor. Seeing her value, he gave her money and land, where she set up a school and trained Canidia and Martina, who would become future assassins and be adept in using Belladonna. Turns out, Nero's mother had become too overbearing and tried to control him, once she saw this was an impossible task, she began to groom her stepson, Britannicus, the true heir to the throne, thinking he'd be easier to mould once he took his power. Nehru hired Lacosta to put an end to Britannicus. One version states the poison she administered was too slow for Nehru's liking, and he beat her with his own hand. She administered a quicker poison that did the trick, and he gave her a life of luxury. Another version says she succeeded straight away at a dinner party. Whilst Britannicus's wine was being watered down, poison was easily slipped into his cup. He drank from it and started foaming at the mouth, to which Nero glossed over it by saying he was having an epileptic fit, as it was well known he had epilepsy. Julia watched him die, and with it her chance to pull the strings behind the throne. Lacosta quickly became known as the Imperial Poisoner, and after 14 years of working for Nero, her career and life came to an end. After the death of Nero, his brief successor, Emperor Galba, had Lacosta dragged through the streets of Rome in chains and then executed. Similarly, Julia Tofana created poisons containing belladonna during 17th century Italy, though her motives differed slightly than those of Lacosta. Julia turned her makeup business into poison production, and developed and sold a deadly poison named Aquatofana, which was colourless and tasteless. It was sold under the disguise of makeup, or a holy healing oil with the image of Saint Nicholas, which allowed her to operate for over 50 years. Her main buyers, women whose husbands were abusive, a characteristic of her poison was that it gave a slow death, which in turn, gave the victim time to prepare and wrap up loose ends, in particular, writing a will. How handy. Now Julia's poison is believed to have killed over 600 men with arranged marriages, husbands having complete control over their wives, and therefore could inflict harm without consequences. Julia, in my opinion, was a liberator. She eventually got caught when a buyer couldn't go through with the act and stopped her husband from eating a poison bowl of soup. Fingers were pointed at Julia and she met her maker. Another tale of historic poisoning is in the tale of King Duncan, the first of Scotland. He made a truce with invading Danish warriors. They threw a huge party and everyone was encouraged to drink. But what the Danish didn't know was that the wine was laced with belladonna. Accounts differ in either that the Danish fell asleep and were slaughtered by the Scots, or the poison killed them outright and not a single drop of blood was shed. Either way, it was job done. 
Also, in the Middle Ages, Belladonna was used to torture people in order to gain confessions. Victims struggled to separate reality from the drug-induced deliriums, unable to distinguish facts from fiction. They confessed to terrible things that they had no knowledge of. A lot of innocent people were convicted of crimes and sentenced to death. Researching Belladonna was fascinating, and seeing how the plant was so closely tied to political affairs and witches. Once again, I want to stress that this plant shouldn't be worked with as it is too dangerous and too unpredictable. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugar pot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. The poem this week is called Deadly Nightshade by Erica Jong. When the deadly nightshade flowers, dreamy-eyed girls open their lids for their lovers. Maniads fall upon men, dripping with dreams, and children die from the sweetest of inky fruits. Belladonna, wine of the bacchanals, you are indeed the witch's berry. I look into your open eye and see. Dionysian orgies, women in love with death, dying with the wildest and brightest of eyes. Have you no shame at all, Atropa Belladonna? The other herbs pretend to be angelic, but you freely play the devil's part. Dwaleberry, sorcerer's cherry, murderer's berry, your sweetness bursts on the tongue. The lungs relax, and death comes merely from refusing air. Peace out, witches. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.